This is the Epilog audio experience. One one thing to understand about immunotherapy is these are these are these are medications which you are using these are injections which you are using which unblock our own immune cells our own T cells to fight the cancer cells. So it's a very lovely concept. We we have understood now one part of what is driving cancer but other part is why are people developing cancer it's because there is a cancer immunity cycle which is working in every patient's human body hi my name is samara mahindra and i am the founder of kero india's first integrative oncology platform in this episode i am delighted to introduce you to dr amit rotan he is a medical oncologist well known amongst the medical fraternity and one of the kindest and nicest oncologists you can meet dr amit speaks about the advancements in medical oncology immunotherapy and very interestingly the gut microbiome and its effect on cancer treatment so if you want to learn more about cancer and how to heal cancer the right way then we bring forth to you india's first integrative oncology podcast We hope you enjoy the episode. It's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much for giving us the time. I'm going to just start off with the first very apparent question is that would love to hear your insight into um the new advancements in cancer care and how that's leading to better patient outcomes. Um thank you Samara. Thank you for having me here today in this talk. I I think it's a it's one of those times where it's it's a very exciting time in in cancer management we've we've lived through these times in the, at least i've been practicing for the last 20 years now and i've seen the changes but we used to just talk about doing surgery radiation and chemotherapy and that's that was about it and we used to manipulate chemo drugs thinking let's do this first line chemo and second line chemo and that's that was about it and we used to see survival we used to extend survival to some extent but but again it it used to be a limited survival in stage 4 disease and in the last few years we have seen the tremendous change which is happening in cancer care we have we have gone to a stage where we understand why these cancers are progressing we are doing molecular testing to understand various mechanisms which are causing the cancer to progress and we are learning new drugs to block these pathways and with these newer molecular targeted drugs not on are we seeing good responses good survivals also we are seeing a very good quality of life because many of these patients can avoid chemotherapy so so i think i think the whole understanding of cancer is changing and that's the reason why our patients are are doing better in the last few years than what we were doing earlier also the other new advances we always are nowadays looking for is immunotherapy and that's the other major advance which we talk about in terms of advances in cancer management Dr Amit you have always been a proponent of patient centricity i mean i think the world knows this or the country knows knows this at least that um, you are someone who treats a person and a patient as a whole uh, what in your mind are various therapies that can be included to improve the quality of life of a patient and the reason i ask you this is because today patients are changing today they just don't follow suit of what the medical treatment protocol is but they ask you know various questions and i'm sure you know this better than me of what they can do what can they do when they go back home what can they do to manage their side effects uh, better or at least decrease the side effects and have a better quality of life 
You're absolutely right, Samara, about this. Patients are very well informed now. I think it's the way the, digit, the world has changed. It's such a digital world that all the information is available. So what we are seeing more and more patients, they are so well informed about their diagnosis, about the treatment options available, about the side effect profile, and they want to be involved in all their steps of decision making. And so I, I, I kind of think this is the way forward. We, we need to involve patients and let them also be involved in every step of the decision which we take in their cancer management. After all, after all, when we are treating cancer patients, it's eventually the patient who's going to go through all the treatment. Gone are the times where we can just tell, no, this is the best chemo, do this. And this is what we think. And this is what you should do. And I, I think it's always now trying to inform your patient about what the diagnosis is, what we think the steps of treatment are going to be, what the pros and cons of each step are, what the side effect profile of all these drugs are, understanding what the prognosis is going to be, understanding how to manage these side effects, and also eventually understanding what the survival is going to be. Of course, the other problem with all this information is because there's so much information, patients don't understand what is right and what is wrong. There's a lot of information which are myths, which are not facts. And eventually, one needs to really sit with them make them understand these are the right directions we can take, but there are always options to choose from. Uh, I, I, I think it's always patients are in the state of, initially at least they are a state of shock, which they go through. It takes time for them to adjust to it. We need to spend a lot of time with them. And, and I think patient centricity means sitting with patients, understanding their needs, understanding what they are going through and trying to help them sort out these problems and trying to give them a direction of treatment. Uh, again, uh, every time one cannot make and say this is the right option always and one needs to really discuss what their aims are, what their, what their eventually goal is and also the family has to be taken up into consideration. Eventually in India, a lot of decision making is made by the patient but also a lot of decision making is made by the family together. So eventually we sit with all of them and that's how we discuss the pros and cons and discuss all the approaches of treatment. No, and that's so good to hear, Dr. Amit, because we always say that response to treatment, quality of life, even treatment adherence starts with education and starts with, you know, sharing enough knowledge with the patient. Um, very few doctors do this, you know, uh, of course, there is just not enough time. So, you know, we're, we're fighting the odds. But there are some doctors like yourself that are taking the time out to educate. And that's when we see a shift in how the patient even responds to the treatment because they're just more empowered with the right information. Um, integrative therapies, uh, integrative oncology is becoming a very well-established way of mainstream treatment in India and globally. Using the right kind of nutrition, clinical uh, nutrition, um, you know, understanding the food and drug interactions, uh, incorporating physical therapy, and of course, according to me, one of the most important psychological element of patients and caregivers. What are your views on that, and how do you feel that is impacting impacting patient outcomes? Uh, this is a very important point uh, which you have brought up. I. I... I kind of think this is what we used to miss earlier. You know, we used to, yeah. we as medical oncologists are very proficient in giving chemotherapy and giving the treatment, which is right in terms of medical treatment for patients. But but it's it's not only the treatment which matters. And that's what we have understood with time. If you need to improve your patient's quality of life and if you need to improve the survival, you need to add in an all the other revenues there. And that's why we say now we have moved to holistic medicine. And that's the way it is. You you, you need to do the correct 
cancer treatment absolutely no doubt about it but you need to integrate all the other modalities there so i believe uh, definitely having a nutritional goal understanding what is the good nutrition you have to take through your through your chemotherapy treatment what what foods to avoid what foods are good for you what is good for your gi tract and what affects your cancer treatment is very important and i i, I think having a nutritional support program during during the whole treatment is very very important the second part you said psychological aspects and i i just cannot stress for more of this we 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 as oncologists sometimes we believe we're doing the best but we don't have enough time to understand patients problems and that's where i always say it's someone who has an expertise and who can spend time with patients understand what their needs are what fears they are going through what what everyone has a fear there and in, in in cancer however well read the person however in much information they have there's always a fear of the c word the cancer is going to be it's is it going to be life threatening and what's going to happen to me and what's going to happen to my family and that's the, that's the scare always and they get depressed and they may not take in the treatment they want to there's a lot of fear factors involved so having having psychological support during therapy and even after therapy it makes a very very important part of treatment management and i think we have seen these differences now when 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 we integrate all this in their care from the start from the get go you know they they yes. accept treatment much more they are able to accept all the side effects of treatment how to adapt to treatment and how to continue normal life and that's that's yes. the whole concept of integrated medicine I, and it could be as simple as you know encouraging them to do yoga every day do meditation every yes. day it may not be a very complicated thing but the whole understanding has to come from everyone that this is important spend some time with the patient and make patient understand why this is important and then get all the relevant people involved in that management as as oncologists we can't do everything and we don't have to do everything we have the right people in integrated medicine to help in all these um avenues and i think with this we improve patient care we improve uh, quality of life and eventually compliance gets better you improve their survival that's the whole bottom line absolutely um i'm so glad you said it like that because a lot of people of course it's changing now but they always believe that these different modalities was um you know a nice to have and supportive therapies that if they had the additional funds they would then uh, actually you know indulge in these therapies but as you rightly said it is a it is a holistic approach it is uh, that's what moves towards uh, you know improve patient outcomes and patient centricity so uh, you know you're absolutely right and i'm so happy that you stressed that this happens as soon as a diagnosis happens lot of patients believe that okay i'll i'll deal with this post treatment you know uh, but they don't understand what an impact this has along with the treatment journey to actually incorporate this this takes me uh, you know uh, as uh, swiftly into the next question which is becoming a very interesting topic in cancer care as you and i know immunotherapy treatments are making its way uh globally and uh because of the kind of efficacy they have the the, the effect that they have on treatment side effects um, you know there is more and more uh you know evidence supporting various forms of immunotherapy to uh, improve patient outcomes um now my question is the firstly if you can speak a little bit about immunotherapy and then second all about the gut microbiome there is a lot of evidence that supporting how the microbiota in the gut affects uh, and impacts response to immunotherapy drugs so if you can 
talk a little bit about that please yes uh, savara that's a topic we love talking on <laughs> immunotherapy is the way it is changing our cancer approach uh, in the last few years everything you every advance you take up in cancer care integrates immunotherapy into the management so 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 one one thing to understand about immunotherapy is these are these are these are medications which you are using these are injections which you are using which unblock our own immune cells our own t cells to fight the cancer cells so it's a very lovely concept we we have understood now one part of what is driving cancer but other part is why are people developing cancer it's because there is a cancer immunity cycle which is working in every patient's human body and what cancer cells do is they are so smart they switch off our t cells and our t cells and our immunity goes down and the cancer can multiply in our body and that is the is a whole concept which has been worked upon and understood better and used for a therapeutic advantage so so we have a, these new checkpoint inhibitors the pd1 and the pdl1 inhibitors these are drugs which are multiple immunotherapy drugs they unblock our t cells and our t cells again identify these are the cancer cells and they kill the cancer cells so 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 one thing is when whenever you talk of immunotherapy you're not killing cells with like like chemotherapy so you don't have the side effects of chemo you don't have the hair fall vomiting weakness fatigue which you always associate with chemotherapy low blood counts having severe infections none of these happen with chemo with immunotherapy the immunotherapy drugs are very safe drugs the side effect profile is very patient friendly there's absolutely no hair fall there no low blood counts no no incidences of septicemia but yes when you unblock the immune system there are rare patients where the immune system may become over unblocked and it may cause some side effects but again if you balance out the risk and the benefit the side effect profile is very safe and very few patients have major side effects the reason why we are impressed with immunotherapy is those patients who respond can have a very durable response and and we have patients of stage 4 cancer sometime which we we started treatment 5 years back when they had progressed in all lines and we didn't have any therapy available and we offered them immuno gave immuno and see saw tremendous responses and they are doing well even now so that's why we are so impressed with immuno it's not like a chemo which sometimes gives short term response in advanced disease immunotherapy can give you sustained response if the immune system becomes active unfortunately it doesn't work for everyone so so i don't want that people to think we you take immuno and everyone's going to respond that's not what's going to happen yes, yes. i was just about to ask dr amit because there is only uh, right now we're seeing receptivity of immunotherapy on certain types of cancers and certain patient cohorts what is the what is the future of immunotherapy i mean will there be a time where immunotherapy will be you know uh, efficient for all types of cancers and stages so when when immunotherapy started off it was only for a few selected cancers like melanomas renal cell cancers lung cancers but if you look at it in the last couple of years we have added about 12 different cancers into this whole thing so you name the cancer immunotherapy is approved for these cancers in advanced setting you talk about kidney cancer you talk about bladder cancer gi cancer stomach colon head and neck cancers liver cancers so now immunotherapy is becoming a part of most of these treatments the only there are two major drawbacks with immuno one is you don't understand which patient responds and which doesn't so you don't have a biomarker so i can test this and say yes this patient will respond and this won't so unfortunately the expectation and the hope is very high but eventually right. only selected patients will respond and do very well many patients will still progress and that's the reason the advances are looking at trying to combine immunotherapy with either targeted drugs or chemotherapy drugs 
but yes right. because immuno is f- patient favorable now it is moving up to advanced earlier lines of setting so we used to say only for stage 4 patients but recently we have seen approvals for earlier stage cancers like lung cancer kidney cancer bladder cancer after surgery adjuvant immunotherapy is getting approved so there's a potential that it may cure more number of patients in the long run but yes i think i think in india all of us will learn how to use immunotherapy better looking at our patient population i i think one point you brought up very important the gut microbiome and this is such an interesting topic it's something we has not heard of a few years back also and it's become so important by by gut microbiome we mean uh, all our gi tracts have multiple microorganisms and that's the microbiome flora which we say what it is deciding is it is deciding what how the metabolism various uh, various uh, free radicals is happening in the body and that some of these can be carcinogenic so 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 some of them can lead to cancer and that's what's understanding is coming that's why diet is playing such an important role for cancer genesis so a gut microbiome understanding is becoming more and more important for diagnosis of cancer saying that which type of gut microbiome may favor development of cancer and which may be protective for development of cancer and what we are seeing is there is a selected gut microbiomes which are helping in showing good response to immunotherapy there are patients who will do better and poor response to immunotherapy depending on what their microbiome flora of the gut is but again this is in early stages of understanding a lot of uh, lot of research is going on in trying to say can we modify the gut microbiome flora by various ways it could be by by various dietary fit- methods or it could be by using different kind of probiotics and can yes. we make it favorable so that people don't develop cancer or whether they can get the immunotherapy to work better for them how does immunotherapy differ from chemotherapy so uh, when we talk of immunotherapy these are these are medications they are they are just like just like iv medications and they are given the same way you admit the patient in daycare you give them an hour of iv immunotherapy and then you send them back home so they 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 are just given as an infusion with a little bit of pre medications so they are different from chemos in the sense you don't need to really do a lot of um, a lot of pre medications to reduce side effects like anti emetic medications and secondly even later you don't need to give them growth factors you don't need to give them so many anti emetics or supportive medications so they don't have those toxicities so they give us an iv and then you send the patient home and there a lot of patients we have who are very elderly patients who take it and say we don't even feel anything but but yes there is a monitoring which is required in immunotherapy it's not that you can do it without any monitoring because when the immune system becomes overactive it can also react against the body so one needs to be very yes. careful looking for maybe it may just be simple hypothyroidism developing because the the thyroid is getting inflamed because of the the immunotherapy drug or it could be just diarrhea it could be skin rash so these are side effects which we say we have to watch for but rare patients can have severe side effects like pneumonitis and hepatitis so we need we need to monitor our patients but any day immunotherapy is much much safer than chemotherapy and that's the reason why the whole world is looking at immunotherapy in a very proactive way right right thank you dr amit and um, as you spoke about the gut and you spoke about nutrition um, can you uh, you know put some light on the role that clinical nutrition plays in uh, patient outcomes while on cancer treatment or any kind of drug intervention one the understanding of nutrition and 
uh, correlation with cancer is 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 clearly getting better and better so like just the basic understanding of what we we tell our patients avoid red meat it's as simple as that you know we know the red meat has uh, carcinogenesis and it eventually can cause colon cancers or other breast cancers these are these are things which we know so having having a complete nutritional understanding of what to avoid and what is safe and what is good to do is definitely helping in 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 development of cancer itself so so the whole fact of why some diets are carcinogenic why why colon cancer is much more common in the west and less in in some parts of the other world where the diet is different where there's a lot of greens lot of vegetable lots of uh, lots of salads and fruits so so there's a lot of understanding about how diet can affect cancer development but also the other aspect is how cancer how diet can affect various medications how it can affect absorption of drugs that also is coming up slowly we are understanding that and that's why it's probably important to have a, a kind of a, a a nutritional integration especially when you are on treatment and all of us are nowadays encouraging this more and more in most cancer centers better to have your nutritional um, involvement from the start not only not only when you're on chemo because patients in chemo suffer through nausea vomiting diarrhea and then the eating goes down so just getting them to a, a a diet which can help them to tide away the whole side effects that's important but also diet is playing a role in understanding that it may also help in better treatment option uh, outcomes sure sure um what role do you feel patient reported outcomes has on the management of cancer this is a new this is more of a newer entity in terms of earlier earlier the outcomes which we used to measure for all clinical trials used to be only responses the progression free survival and the overall survival and eventually that was where the emphasis was given so when you when you when you saw a, a clinical drug which came into use you would eventually say did it work for your patients did the patient respond and how well did they survive and there would be some some side effects which were mentioned and this is what we used to interpret and use in clinical practice but even now even if you see fda is nowadays encouraging all trials should try to report on quality of life and that's very yes. important because you 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 can say you improved the survival but what was the quality of life of the patient did it deteriorate so significantly that that eventually the patient has to choose is it really worth it so that's the reason why now all the newer clinical trials are integrating quality of life into their into their trial outcomes and more and more regulatory agencies are saying please tell us about quality of life during this this trial when you shows us this efficacy data give us the patient related outcomes of what has happened in this trial and everyone is understanding this is important because your goal is increase survival but your goal is also improved quality of life you you want extension of survival with good quality you want your patients doing all their activities going through their normal life otherwise there's no point we say this you extend and you have a better status you know that's not what you're looking for so 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 everyone eventually has accepted this and because all the agencies are also insisting for it now if you see all the newer clinical trials they have a quality of life and patient related outcomes inherent built into the design and i i think this is the way forward and it's a good step to take because eventually quality of life matters absolutely dr amit i want to wrap this up by asking a very important question uh, something that we all know we have to do but for some reason in india um, we don't have a very large population that adheres to it and that is screening and prevention of cancer so while we are all here 
as you know, Kero is uh, dealing with and treating patients post-treatment. And of course, you are a, a medical oncologist. But we still need to propagate what we can do for those who are at high risk of cancer, those who want to protect themselves from cancer, and also those who have gone through cancer treatment and remission and want to keep their risks low. Anything that you would like to share about that? So prevention of cancer and screening for cancers, unfortunately, as you rightly said, in India is a very, very um, not talked about thing. It's really, you talk you talk to it about it just to a very basic level, and it's really only talked about to some level and not really done to that extent. And there's really no doubt this is where we really have to do a lot of work. I, I, would, I would kind of separate the two things in the sense that screening uh, screening has to be kind of a mass screening you know the problem with screening in in india is when do you screen for cancers you have these small programs earlier you used to have a lot for cervical cancers there are small centers which would do mammography for breast cancers and that's about it that's about it there's really not much more screening happening in india at all uh, also what you see is when 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 do you end up doing screening is when someone, some family member has a cancer, then the remaining family members will, 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 will try to get screened for a certain amount of time, you know. And that's not the way what screening means. If we are supposed to do screening for cancer, it has to be a, a large-scale screening done over the population. A huge population has to be covered. And for this, not only do we need, uh, we need, we need clear guidelines and also we need clear it should come as a directive, you know. It should be with agencies and with the government. You should they should have a clear guideline of what what population needs to be screened, what is a high risk population, what all cancers can we screen for clearly, and what is the age to start off, and how we should do it so that it gets adapted. The I I cannot agree more. You know, screening in India is really really at a very low level, and it's unfortunate because there's so many cancers like breast which you can pick up. So breast cancer exactly. screening, the way breast cancer incidence is going up, it's going up so hugely in India and definitely screening will make a change. Uh, but, but Absolutely. You know, you know, Dr. Amit, I think also uh, there's a lot of fear associated, right, with this word cancer. And that's what, uh, you know, and my last question, if you can address, is that let's, you know, destigmatize this word. Let's uh, um, make people understand that cancer is not that scary, right? I keep saying this. And uh, a lot of the reasons people don't screen is just because the fear associated with it. And then, of course, you have those who are diagnosed with cancer and not able to, you know, cope with the psychological implication it has because, again, they're misinformed and they think it's the end of the road. So anything that can we can do to address this fear, and if you can just, you know, tell the audience that it's actually not as... Uh, scary as it's made out to be yes this 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 whole scare of cancer is because what happens is you catch most of your cancers in stage four and then in stage four most of these patients are not going to get cured and you're going to suppress the disease you'll increase lifespan but eventually there will be a mortality due to the progressive cancer and that's the reason why everyone fears cancer what we try and emphasize to patients more and more is when you catch cancer in the earlier stage, you catch them in stage one, stage two, they are completely curative cancers. And most of the cancers have a cure rate of higher than 85 to 90%, irrespective of most of these organs. You know, you talk of breast cancer, you talk of colon cancer. About stage one and stage two, more than 90% patients are completely cured. Uh, so, so we try to emphasize this to patients. When you catch cancer early, you, your cure rates are really good and there's nothing to really worry about. 
it's the problem comes when you catch cancers in the last stage unfortunately what happens is the last stage cancers that's what everyone sees and everyone fears that this is what it is so we try and kind of educate patients more and more if you're screening you're catching them at an early stage and if you're catching them at an early stage you're doing a curative surgery and a curative treatment and there's potential to completely cure so i i couldn't i wouldn't i, I would re- reiterate this fact much more uh, catching cancer early by doing screening it's 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 as good as trying getting a complete cure for most of these patients yes the worry is there are few patients who can even progress in spite of being early but majority will not progress so that's the reason why i would really emphasize if there's a symptom go early for a checkup get it caught early but more than that if there are cancers which have a screening protocol screen for those unfortunately there's no screening protocol for all cancers so that's the reason why it becomes a worry for all of us but at least breast cervix colon these have clear screening protocols so if you do these then you can catch them early and you can potentially cure them thank you so much for your time as i mentioned you are extremely busy doctor but you have given us this time and i'm sure it will have a profound impact on uh, how people understand cancer and what they can do and what's going on in cancer today um so thank you for sharing your knowledge dr amit thank you so much thank you for having me samara thank you we hope you enjoyed this episode and found it useful for yourself for more such episodes please subscribe to our youtube channel Apple Podcasts, Spotify and EP Log Media website where we dive deeper into the world of integrative oncology and healing cancer the right way.